to the new front runner. Yeah, that's right, everyone. It's the Bernie episode. Holy fuck. Exactly. After that shot, yeah, yeah, it's 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 right here. It tastes it's in my core. It tastes like whiskey. That's where Bernie lives, right here in your heart. Oh god, your heart space. It's good. Like that. And we're ready. Yeah. Hello and welcome to State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Joining me today, we have Zachary Reinhardt. Hey. We have Ross Fisher. Hey. Joseph Hardy. Hey. And probably the biggest Bernie bro I know, Kelly Collison. <laughs> Feel the burn! <laughs> <laughs> As we take this, it is Friday, February 22nd, and we've made it to episode 20. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You can find us on Facebook at Michigan Progressive. You can help support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. And we're on, we're on iTunes now. So if that's how you get your podcasts, please rate and review us as it will help us, as it will help new listeners find our show. So, uh, just this last Tuesday, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders announced his second run for the White House, and we are here to break it down. Uh, there's so much to talk about here. Uh, but I want, I want to start out by asking you guys what you think Bernie's biggest strengths are going into the 2020 primary. He's hot as fuck. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Daddy factor. <laughs> oh, Granddaddy. Grandpa yeah. Bernie. Ay ay ay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Daddy Bernie. <laughs> as Cardi B would put it, yeah. 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 Vote for Daddy Bernie, bitch. Yeah. I, I love the error. I'm ready. I love the error during Twitter. No matter what he would post, the, the very first comment would be, "Yes, Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> every time we should make yeah. sure that that's the top post on everything. <laughs> no, I think Bernie's biggest strength is that he's been fighting for us forever, basically, like since the dawn of time, mostly because he's a million years old. <laughs> but like he has had a consistent record on pretty much every issue and he has been fighting alongside us, not just in Congress, not just in the Senate, not just back in Burlington, but literally on the streets fighting with us. I think that pretty much tells everybody what kind of person Bernie Sanders is. Sure, yeah. I mean, no, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, and those are reasons to like him, but why do you think that he is a contender for 2020? Nobody else has that record. I think um, something that separates, because he had that record in 2016, and, and mind you, that record got him to where, he, to where it was, so it, it's obviously something very powerful. But I think one of the things that separates... Bernie 2016 from Bernie 20 is is going into 2016. He had 3% name ID. <laughs> Nobody knew who Bernie was, and, and now he's 97% um, pretty much of the country, 90 plus at least, know who he is, and uh, that's that's huge. Um, I mean, three, there's really three things that you really need in, in order to win a primary, at least in my view. Um, you need that name ID, you, and you know he spent $200 million getting that name ID. So that's something they don't need to spend money on anymore. That's, you know... Um, so, 
you need, You're talking about uh, what you raised in the 2016. Yeah, campaign. yeah. Essentially, spending that money has gotten him some of the name ID that has. I mean, that's probably what propelled him into um, the stardom that he, that he has now. I mean, he was still a very popular politician, but uh, he's definitely a household name now. Um, one of the, uh, another thing you need is uh, a ground game. Um, you need an organization um, in every single state um, to be able to um, effectively, uh, you know, win a race. And and he had that in 2016. A lot of it was grassroots efforts, and and you know they did a lot. And I think now well, he'll have not only like grassroots effort, but it'll be more um, institutionalized, more organized more ready to take on these challenges. Many of the people getting involved in 2016 were amateurs at the time, and many of them now are veterans in, in campaigning. So Yeah, I mean, look at what happened when me and you, Ben, went to California. Um, one of the biggest complaints that the people in California had that were on the ground and the biggest complaints that we had was that Bernie was spending a lot of his money on advertising. And we're like, what are you doing? You need to be spending that in the field. You need to be spending that on the ground. And had he done that, I think he would have done a better job in California. Um, but he was trying to boost his name ID. And now he doesn't have to do that anymore. I mean, sure, he's going to do advertising. But if he invests in field the way that he should, and it looks like he already is, if this last week is any... Uh, example of what we're going to be seeing in the future with this huge texting operation that he did, boom, we're going to be killing it this time because we don't have that obstacle in front of us like most of the candidates do. You know, speaking of the texting operation and really what's happened over the last few days, um, you know, he, he made huge news uh, by raising $5.9 million in 24 hours. Yeah, what was that? That was more than Kamala Harris. Um, Kamala. Kamala Harris, sorry, um, and Amy Klobuchar, Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren. All together, like combined. So he made huge, huge, huge records this week with that, plus the fundraising he did after that, plus we texted every single person that signed up in 2016 in less than a week. Yeah. Plus the amount of recurring donations, I think it's at uh, was a half a million. Yeah, something like that. So you know, that's Every... just it's, it's just going to be you know keep coming in and funding ground, groundwork. You know, hopefully more than that this time this time around. Um, so me me personally, I think his biggest uh, his biggest strength is just the way that he's been active since the since the last election. You know, wh whenever the news comes out, it's always about Biden's the last stuff. presidential election. The last, the, yeah, the last presidential election of twenty sixteen. Um, since then, you hear. Biden's been meeting with donors. Uh, Kamala, you know, has been meeting with with donors. Lots of people have been meeting with donors, but Bernie, as his ad show, you know, showed that he was fighting, uh, you know, Disney, you know, one of the most, you know, biggest conglomerates in the world to get their workers uh, raises. Uh, same thing with Amazon. Um, so just the fact that he's actually been out there standing behind unions, you know, working class since then, instead of. You know, doing the exact opposite, doing the exact thing that got Hillary, uh, you know, that lost Hillary, you know, half of, um, you know, half of her side is meeting with donors. So he hasn't been doing that. He's been doing the, the correct thing yeah. ever since the 2016. So. Well, it seems like since 2016, all he's been doing is uh, building power, building his organization, um, and just becoming more and more popular. 
I mean, I, I looking online, you know, I, I see a lot of a lot of people saying, you know, I think it's just it's past his time. You know, he he had a shot and he missed. And I, I think a lot of these people, they're just hoping that if they say it enough times, it'll become reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and if we look to to the past, it's very common to have the runner up in a previous presidential uh, primary on both in both parties be the nominee the next time around. That happens all the country. time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> example one. So, but his case, for some reason, is not acceptable. But in the, in you know her case, it was fine. She waited her turn. But you know Bernie runs for the second time, and that's just to me not a good ex- not a good excuse that he lost one time, and so he can't run again. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean Clinton. If that's the case, then twice. Biden's got to go home too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biden's too old. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's, a, here's an interesting fact about Biden that I, I feel like a, a lot of people don't know. So, um, Bernie has been um, 49 states ahead of Joe Biden in primaries. And I'm saying that Joe Biden has essentially participated in Iowa's caucus, and, and that's that's it. He's dropped out. He's got five people to caucus. I mean, he got uh, he got uh, fifth place in in, in 2008. So, so I mean, can you name can you name third fourth place? Wait, where did Bernie? What did you say? Forty nine. Because um, uh, Bernie has participated in all. Oh, states, I see what you're saying. Okay. He has went through the whole thing, so he definitely has he's like done all fifty. Yeah, Joe Biden doesn't won. necessarily. He's ran, a, a, you know, two times, but he doesn't necessarily have the experience yeah, he, that you would gain from running. Yeah, he didn't make the it all full, the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Joe Biden is is as soon as he enters the race, his stock will just I think decrease um, because oh, yeah. one, because he's popular now because he's thought of as like Obama's VP, but like he's a horrible campaigner. He's a horrible Not to candidate. mention, like, how what is it going to be like? Fifteen minutes before a Me Too thing comes yeah. out on him. He's basically because like he's super touchy and uncomfortable. He's like basically like a car error that you drive off the lot. It just like depreciates in values. His work just goes. <laughs> I, I, I've seen I've seen some people suggest that Biden might end up like Lieberman. You know, he he's polling really really well right now. But uh, once once the actual campaign start going, once we start having elections, uh, he's gonna he's gonna just drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. no freaking way. Like, don't get me wrong, I do love a Joe Biden meme here and there, and those Biden Obama memes were adorable as fuck. But that's where he needs to stay. It means. <laughs> not, not the White House. How did you in the White House? <laughs> let him let him open up an ice cream shop. Yeah, yeah. we already have enough creepy old white men in the world. Like. These grumpy grandpa Bernie's endearing. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, there's there's already mashups of just all the creepy touchiness just over. Oh yeah, there's like a video was twelve point meme on it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So this is not the type of person that you want to put forward as your nominee. And you know, and then you know, lob sexist claims. The same people that are lobbying sexist claims. You know. at the at the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign, you're gonna put Joe Biden as <laughs> okay, you know, bold move, bold move. <laughs> I think another big thing is that you know, for as much as people like us that watch Bernie Sanders every day, basically, and just know his platform by heart. 
not everybody knows his platform by heart. And the fact that he's going to have all the airtime that he didn't have in 2016 is going to give him the opportunity to tell as many people as possible what his platform is. And he just keeps beating the same drum saying, Hey, I want you to make a living wage. And that means at least $15 an hour. I want to make sure that you have health care, And that means single payer health care. I want to make sure yeah. that you have affordable housing, not just, you know, barely screaming by. I want you to have a real life and be able to live, not just barely survive. And I think that that really resonates with the majority of the population because at this point, I mean, in 2016, I felt like I was barely scraping by. Now, I feel like I'm like one step from homelessness and I feel like Bernie really is the only presidential candidate that's going to be able to push anything forward to make our lives better. Okay. Well, you know, I, I do want to kind of shift things here. Um, this, this episode, uh, granted is going to be, uh, just chock full of partisan hackery. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think we want to make it, least <laughs> make an attempt at being fair here, you know, cause there, there are lots of things, uh, that, Bernie Sanders is, you know, vulnerable to criticism on, you know? We did strikes. We saw the only fair, you know, we got to discuss his biggest weaknesses as well. Absolutely. Got to be honest. Um, So, I mean, what what do you guys see as his biggest weaknesses uh, as a candidate? Um, And what what issues do you take with with his policy? I think that he needs to be stronger on a lot of, um, A lot of issues regarding people of color. I think that the fact that Elizabeth Warren came out this week in support of reparations and Bernie kind of sidestepped it was pretty disappointing for me. Mm -hmm. Reparations Um, for black Americans. Right. I think that that needs to be expanded, of course, but I think that's a great start, Um, especially... Elizabeth Warren coming out for that. Unfortunately, she sidestepped a lot of other issues and is kind of backtracking on Medicare for all, which is why she isn't, you know, in my top two right now. But uh, top two, top two. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought she'd make two. I, I, I have like <laughs> a little place in my heart for like people going nowhere, like Andrew Yang. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I mean, anybody that's going to throw out universal basic income, I'm on board. Yeah, well, absolutely. Andrew Yang, 2020. As soon as I Wikipedia him. (laughs) He's so capitalist, though. And that's the thing. That's the thing with me is that, like, there's nobody else that is running Mm -hmm. that is not a capitalist. Yeah. And... Like just the word capitalism kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. So, not that. What, well, what about you guys? You guys have issues with his policy or any stances that he has? Um, yeah, I mean, he could definitely like. There's if there's um, there's a couple. I mean, there's a list of things. I, one of the things that I'm hoping for, and I, and I, this is something that I um, would like to see, is you know, Bernie moved the conversation left in 2016 by pitching the platform that he did. What I don't want to see him do is to pitch the same exact platform as he did in 2016 without moving the conversation further left by introducing things that are new. 
And like, you know, one of those things being reparations. Um, maybe, you know, he's really good on student debt in terms of, you know, tuition-free college. And he says, you know, helping students, but I would rather see a cancellation of student debt. I mean, there's economists um, that have pointed out that it would be extremely beneficial to our economy because it's holding back, you know, 50 million Americans. And so there's there's a number of things I would like to see Bernie push the envelope on. And, and as I see it right now, it looks like he's going to run a platform very similar to 2016, albeit very good. There were some holes in it, and especially on the uh, the racial part. And I'd like to see him tie in um, the the class, which is important, but also how that is intersectional with like the fact that you know reparations fixes that by fixing the wealth gap that has existed for for. You know, so long. Yeah. I mean, you well, can as of right now, uh, BernieSanders.com does not have an issues page. Um, so I, we don't really know for sure what it's Well, I was just going based off like. of the, yeah, the last yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, in, um, uh, there's a reporter, I think he's with the Washington Post, uh, um, blank on the name, I think Jason Stein something, I was thinking, but he's posted mm-hmm. the uh, top issues for each candidate as they come along, and he posted um, a short list of what Bernie's mm-hmm. uh, priorities would be, and they were yeah. pretty much lock and step in 2016. Yeah. Nothing new, I seen too much. Yeah, uh, I think that Bernie, you know, his weakness is not really with, I don't think it's going to be with organization or funding. Um, or anything like that. This time there were some issues last time, like we mentioned with the with this, you know, focus on advertising. But I do think, you know, some of the policies that you know that he supported, um, you know, particularly, okay, yeah, the the fact that you know Elizabeth Warren, you know, the person who you know tried to claim Native American heritage, person that that's the person that beats you towards you know vocally supporting reparations and bringing it to the conversation, you know. In, when people were looking to you, you know, um, three years ago to vo- voice that exact same support and uh, for you to sidestep it, you know, that, you know, that is something that is, you know, it's, if he doesn't come out um, and vocal support and that, then I do think he's dead in the water because that's going to be um, something that is just going to be, um, for the first time, which is, you know, music to my ears, that's going to be a real vocal, um, you know, no longer written off as a myth or impractical, the reparations for, you know, black descendants of slavery. Um, and uh, Kamala Harris, you know, she's also come out in support of some form of reparations. Julian so, Castro. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, the, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that in, with that issue and also with the issue of uh, his... His uh, sex worker vote on, on uh, what was it Foster? Yeah, Foster. Foster yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that you know it absolutely put so many sex workers in danger, and it, it's it, it was the time where uh, towing the party line, you know, is just it's just not it's just not enough, and uh, it, it was and you're, you're letting down a lot of the it, just the, the proletariat just by just by doing something like that. So yeah, and uh, Foster Sest is it. Big deal to a lot of people, and yeah, there's only- that's that's one of the biggest things that I'm incredibly disappointed with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know he's really going to have to answer for that, you know, because that's just that was just a really bad fucking move. Yeah, there were only like three, I believe, there were only three senators that actually vote against it. One of them actually mm-hmm. being yeah. uh, Julian Castro. I mean, he's 
Okay, he's knocking out of the park in terms of uh, these uh, racial issues that are very important and just marginalized people in general. I mean, yeah, kind of. I think he's a dark horse. He's yeah, he, the debates could be something that could elevate him. Exactly. I think that's one of Bernie's definitely biggest weakness, though. I mean, obviously yeah. minorities play a huge part in the Democratic Party and the, the overwhelming majority. So it's like if you can't appeal to them and give them something to vote for and show that you're going to be behind them, it's going to be very difficult to win. Yeah, I mean after texting 12,000 people this week, I had only two people tell me that they are not going to be voting. And one of them was a black man who said, I'm black and nobody gives a fuck about me. So I'm not voting. I tried talking with them, but I mean, it's, it's really, really deep right now. People are feeling really, really bad. And there's a lot of despair out there. And then the other person was a sex worker who said, don't act like you give a fuck about me or that any of you give a fuck about sex workers. And she brought up the FOSTA and SESTA uh, bills. And, you know, she's wrong. I do care. <laughs> but the fact that Bernie voted wrong on that is embarrassing. And it's hard to fight back on that because mm -hmm. it's like, I'm right there with you. It's just what are we going to do and who is going to be the best candidate that we can push on this issue? Who is going to actually listen? And if we saw anything in 2016 and with the sexual harassment uh, stuff out of the 2016 Bernie campaign, we see that Bernie has moved and Bernie has listened. He sat down with his former staff and he didn't make a scene of it or make a statement um, about, you know, the individual people or violate their privacy or anything like that. He sat down and had a private conversation with them and let them say everything they needed to say. And they said it was, you know, it went as well as they could, as they could have imagined. Um, but that's what we have to do. And that's partially our responsibility too, is holding him accountable because just cause we support him because he's Bernie fucking Sanders, we still have to hold him accountable. He's still an elected representative. I think, yeah, one of his biggest, weaknesses is going to be the fact that he has a really diverse, you know, field of candidates and he's a white guy. And I think that, um, you know, the country is kind of yearning for like, you know, for more diverse representation, especially the highest office. And so, you know, that's, I think going to be, and his tendency to sort of make it always about class, um, and not always incorporate the racial aspects mm -hmm. of it um, were problems from the past. And I'm, I, they could be problems in the future if he, and hopefully he's learned from, from those mistakes. Absolutely. I mean, Sanders has been pushing generally the same message for decades. He knows the talking points. He, know, he knows how to argue uh, what he stands for because he knows what he stands for. But when it comes to the debate stage, uh, you know, this year, we're having our first debate this year, right? Uh, June. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, when oh, it's on the wow. <laughs> That's going to be a great episode. We're <laughs> 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 well, <Get> ready. <laughs> when he does get on stage, that that is going to be the number one question uh, that he has to that that he has to answer is among this massively diverse field of candidates, of which at this point he is only one of two straight white males who's running in the Democratic primary. Uh, why should people pick you over any of these other candidates? Yeah, I mean, we've had, you know, 
we've had a white male's run in the country for yeah. our entire history with the exception of, you know, one president. So that, that I think that's, that's a challenge for him. Yeah. And I think it's going to be, it's supremely difficult for him because one of the issues that I've had with Sanders is that he's not great. <laughs> he's not always great at articulating what he means. And I think he's, it's, I think he's going to struggle to really properly articulate uh, why, you know, what sets him apart from these other candidates without seeming uh, racially insensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there was that uh, moment in his interview where he's like, you know, you shouldn't look at race. And, you know, they kind of comically said it was kind of similar to the Howard Schultz thing. Um, but there's some truth that I, I mean, you have to, you have to, I think there's a, there's a fine balance in, in, you know, stating that policy is absolutely important because at the end of the day, that's what affects um, people's lives like uh, on an integral level. But uh, I, um, I think that you also have to realize that there is great power in seeing, you know, somebody that looks like you and comes from a background that you come from in a position of power. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, you know, we can talk when we're all socialists and leftists here for the most part. We can talk about Obama's failings, but at the same time, you can't take away from the landmark victory that was for, you know, people of color seeing somebody that looked like them as president for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a weird balance, you know, as a, you know, as a black man, you know, seeing Obama, um, you know, get sworn in for the first time, realizing that, yeah, you know, someday that could be me, some, something that was completely unthinkable, you know, even two years before that, before that point. Um, but also uh, the balance is that um, one thing that we shouldn't be striving for is a more diverse group of oppressors. You know, and that's and that's that's typically what the Democratic Party, I think, has been trying trying to do. And um, it just reminds me of all these uh, some of these articles where it's like, you know, the CIA has the first you know female director. We need more we need more female torturers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. More, more female torturers. Hashtag equality. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think Boeing. You know, Boeing is also. Uh, I think they also said something similar with like maybe one of their CEOs or some some uh, defense contractor like that. Um, you know, being happy that there, there's more, you know, women working at a defense contractor. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> well, there's that, uh, there's that running joke. It's like Republicans, uh, 10 wealthy people should rule the world. Liberals, five of them should be female. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, American empire and imperialism is much more palatable uh, when it's wearing a pink pussy hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that, and that's the you know that's the that's the definitely the balance that that needs to be um, struck. And yeah, it's you know there there are no easy answers, but at the same time, you know, we just because you know someone is black doesn't mean I'm going to vote for them. Otherwise, you know, I'd be like voting for Ben Carson. You know. <laughs> so right. You know, it, you know, you have to you need to have the the policies, the map. Policies that are going to help us because um, you know um, Obama's presidency represented some of the largest transfer of wealth um, from minority communities into uh, up there four percent, which is mostly uh, mostly white, rich white people. So we need to come to terms with that because you know. Um, just speaking for myself, and I believe with a lot of other people, we're, we no, we no longer want any tokens in the White House. And you know, I always say, you know, you know, to, to people, you know, like the um, of the Obamas and like Oprah and Michael Jordan, like you know, they're rich before they're black, you know, and they, you know, they get to the top and immediately cut people off. So you know, that's why I'm immediately skeptical of um, you know former. 
superly pro punitive prosecutor like uh, Kamala Harris. You know, um, that's you know, as someone who's staunchly against private prisons, against prison labor. You know, all of that is just you know un- unacceptable to me. So. Uh, you know, that's my, this, this is my take on, you know, diversity. It's, we shouldn't be sacrificing, you know, our rights, um, you know, our, our human rights just to, you know, get a diverse field. We need to make sure that those, their policies, you know, met, you know, match their skin tone. So I swear to God, if one more person is like, I have a vagina, vote for me. I will punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, when, when, I guess we're talking about it as like weaknesses. It's more, to me, it's like, not like it's not as as big of a concern to to like to me but like that you know a lot of voters will will think oh you know uh, i want to vote for a female candidate just because they're just just because they're you know they're female mm-hmm. is the main reason or uh, you know and um, you know it's sort of like the you know oh, i want you know the first woman president so i want to be to be Hillary Clinton, so that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm voting for in the, you know, the primary. It's like that's like that's that kind of argument, and it's, yeah. it's just based on that exclusively. I, it's not. It's to me, it's a really bad reason. But unfortunately, there are voters who will vote like that, and yeah, that's why. And I that's, think well, that's why it's a weakness. Not, we have to accept yeah. that I think like, because yeah. those people, in most cases, aren't going to change. They are dead set on having a female president, mm-hmm. and. Well, you know what? I, uh, Go for it. But that yeah. female presidential candidate better not come to me and be like, we share a vagina. Like, look at us. Vaginas yeah. together. Yeah. We should definitely... We share a vagina? Well, we don't share a vagina. We, we share the fact that we both have a vagina. So you get, like, on, you get on weekends or... <laughs> <laughs> so <you're looking> for... <laughs> There's red chairs. I'm just kidding. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the only pushback I would say to that is um, the fact that like uh, I don't think it's like a like I, I I agree with you in the fact that I don't think it's a valid concern. My only valid concern is the fact that I worry that Bernie won't be able to articulate it in a way that people can fully understand. And like I think that there's a way to get around it if you can articulate it in the way that you did, like explaining that policy. Is gonna have a more integral part of your life because yeah, you know the way, yeah the way he said it sounded like some I don't see color uh, you know yeah yeah no like to NPR they they were talking they were talking about how his response on that uh, CBS interview where he says you know I think we should be looking at candidates you know and not be looking at the color of their skin or you know their their gender or their sexual orientation and they're like you know it's reasonable to draw a connection between that point of view and Howard Schultz's bullshit. And it really made me cringe because they're not wrong, you know? Well, I think the best way that he can combat this is to talk about it, how he when he talks about the the whole not me us thing and say like I am just a leader of this movement and in this movement there are it is incredibly diverse mm-hmm. yeah so I'm just a figurehead so and I, that's legitimately I, 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 how most people feel about and that's it, I feel and like. yeah I think if if he you know if he had if you know if, when he has this movement of that's as diverse as, as I think it will be. You know, he, he's he's the leader of it, but it's not just about him. Yeah, right. I mean, personally, like I, I don't really give a shit about Sanders, like, as a person. Mm-hmm. I care about what he represents, which is, you know, mobilizing a mass movement uh, to organize against the ruling class of this country, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see, uh, some people are silly enough to see Bernie Sanders as like this savior who's going to go in and fix everything for us, which is sort of the approach that Obama took, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, I see Bernie Sanders as sort of like the flagship, you know, leading us all into 
battle he's into this class not. war against the billionaires. Yeah, he's Jon Snow just standing out there. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do we feel that way? Though, you know what I mean? Like we feel that way because from the very fucking beginning, he was like, "Hey." This isn't about me. This is about all of us. It, I cannot do this alone. I need every one of you to stand up and get ready. This is a fucking war. We are going to fucking take this shit. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, like, imagine how lame this campaign would be, how little this campaign would be. We wouldn't have the mass, like, mass army that we've created over the past, you know, four years. I saw I saw this this I saw that distinction drawn in a side by side comparison of both him and Kamala's new T shirts that they're selling. Bernie's uh, says uh, Medicare for all, uh, college for all, uh, justice for all. And I think there was one other. Yeah, and, living wage or something. Yeah, and, and Kamala's <laughs> like Kamala Harris for the people. Just the platitude. Cool. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so tired of platitudes. Yeah. So tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, is he even bring? Did he bring his slogan back? I haven't seen one. Well, well, a future one to believe in. But Nami Us should take that place. Yeah. That should be... Yeah, I guess I was confused anymore what his slogan was. And I guess that's a problem also. <laughs> I thought it was Nami Us. I thought it was, it was his us. official slogan, but Nami Us was a very popular hashtag that he used in his social media. I think uh, that it wasn't created by him. Uh, I bet it was created by a grassroots right. person. Well, slogans are like Pokemon. Like they gotta Gilbert. evolve. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah. Just you know, talk about future to believe in. Let's be honest. Every candidate has like used some form of that. I just like, like a two. Socialism or death. Good slogans are hard yeah. to come by. They really I mean, are. I mean, I yeah, when I was running Kelly's campaign, right? Like, yeah. like it took us forever to find a good slogan, and we were eventually like, "Fuck it, let's just take Jeremy Corbyn." Yeah, for the many, not the few. Hell yeah. You understand. I feel like... I talked to to Claire Sandberg. She said it was fine. She gave me approval. (laughs) She worked for him. It's basically an okay from the same thing, yeah. (laughs) She said, like, I didn't come up with it. You can't... (laughs) She's like, we stole it from somebody else. Also, Cynthia Nixon has it, so it's good. (laughs) So, you know, there's a few of us there. For the many, not the few. to try and shift uh, the conversation again here. Uh, I mean, we've been talking a lot about uh, Sanders' weaknesses as an individual, like the issues specific to him as a candidate, but I want to know what you guys think are his biggest challenges, the biggest obstacles in front of him. I think oh. that, you know, in 2016, he had, yeah, well, yes. The billionaire <laughs> class is a big obstacle. <laughs> uh, I think in terms of I think of that goes without saying. Yeah, right? obviously, yeah. We don't have a ton of, you know. Howard Schultz, <laughs> specifically. Yeah. The Starbucks <laughs> empire will be put out against him. Uh, now the, I think in terms of his political, you know, opponents, in 2016, he had the benefit of being, you know, only having one really opponent to go after, and it, and one that opponent being one of the most unpopular politicians, so one of the worst campaigners of all time. Uh, so, you know, he has a much, he has a lot of, it's a much larger field, um, much more diverse field. It could, it, yeah, it could benefit him. Um, but that, you know, he, and he also, I think he's taken, uh, you know, some shots since then. He kind of came out of, you know, in 2016 is kind of this unknown and this, n- this new person. And he's, um, you know, he's taken some hits since then. So, um, but I think he's also, you know, still really popular. But 
I don't know. I mean, it could be a challenge. It could be. Yeah. Probably Um, besides. Well, AOC is getting up there, but her name recognition is lower than his. So. Uh, Also, the problem. The problem, I think, also is that. he, he's taking hits like he's taking real hits and also hits that aren't real and they sort of like all blur together it's like he had a shit he had a very terrible vote on pasta real hit Bernie's secretly a Russian operative uh, <laughs> fake hit you know so you take on the left and the center kind of like the yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and like getting it from both sides and so. I can't tell you how many people I've seen saying that uh, Bernie is the reason why we have Trump exactly oh, like which is just you know, <laughs> like seriously the, the the dude traveled across the country campaigning for Clinton. He we- came to Michigan and went to multiple cities in Michigan, across the entire fucking state of Michigan. She didn't even come here at all. Yeah. Like, he actually came here to try to get his supporters to vote for her. Yeah, I mean, he, he went on stages and begged his supporters, please vote for her because we can't have Donald Trump. <laughs> please! <laughs> the love of God! Yelling at 13 Save people. Us. Yeah, right. <laughs> in a high school gym. He did, he did everything he could to try and get Clinton elected, but it still didn't work out, and still, for some reason, it's his fault. And not to mention, like, at the end of the day, she won the most votes. So, you want to complain about something? Complain about the fucking electoral college that has fucked the Democrats multiple times. Well, you want they never, <laughs> you mean the one they never ever oppose or make part of their policy agenda or even bring it between elections? Well, tw- like, how many times? Yeah. Twice yeah. in like last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Just fucks you over and you're yeah. like, mm. but it's the Bernie bros and Comey and every fuck and every Russia Did Russia go back in time and like, <laughs> invent the electoral college? Yeah. That's what, that's <laughs> what, tell, that's what tell people. It's like, Russia didn't like make her constitution the electoral college. It was slave it was, you know, so are we? Are we just gonna give like our entire American system a pass on the reason that a surprise a racist is president? Right? <laughs> oh my God. Again, again. <laughs> so you know, I've you know, seen this real. episode before. Yeah, exactly. It's like I mean, yeah, it's, I it, think it's kind of hard because there's like. Like this week, talking to people and seeing everybody blow up on Facebook, every single post in my newsfeed is <laughs> burning, whether good or bad, mostly good. But the people that are talking crap are people that are mostly supporting Tulsi that are saying Bernie let the DNC fuck him over and so he just abandoned us and then like my 11 year old daughter is like Bernie's a traitor because he endorsed Hillary Clinton. And like, but then there's the other side where the blue, no matter who Dems are freaking out. And they're like, never Bernie, because he's not even a real Democrat, even though just, uh, so you know, he did sign on as a real Democrat. He's running in the democratic fucking primary. And like, people are like, oh, he's hurting Democrats. It's a fucking primary. Let the fucking primary play out. Just let it happen. Let it happen. He's, he said he will back whatever candidate. He said it in the past. He did it last time. He follows through with what he fucking says. So we need to just let the primary play out. I love the not a real Democrat argument because <laughs> like, so are we saying, so we're saying that Bernie is not a real Democrat, but Joe Manchin is? <laughs> Both so, of the Republicans yes. 66% of the time. He just represents a state. <laughs> <laughs> State of bigots and racism. <laughs> Wait, no, that, was, oh, that and... was Virginia. My bad. Oh, you better believe West Virginia. 
It's Virginia, just, West Virginia. They're both racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, is he is he West Virginia? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, that's the more racist one. That's the more racist one too. That's the worst of the Virginias. It's like no mention or like everybody in the entire. <laughs> like uh, government of Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even according, according to 538.com, Joe Manchin votes in line with uh, with Trump uh, 60% of the time, uh, yet he gets a pass because he has the D next to his name. Yeah, I really want, uh, during the State of the Union, uh, Joe Manchin was just fucking clapping at something Trump said. I don't remember. Ugh. I didn't honestly watch it. But he's clapping at something Trump said, and then uh, AOC is just behind him, just glaring. Just, just, I just want this part. That's the difference between a real Democrat and a not Democrat. Exactly. Fuck you, Joe Manchin. I just want this picture on a shirt. And he's so happy. He's like, yeah, that's my, you you can see in his eyes, that's my president. (laughs) He just like tries to suck up so hard. And the thing is, like Trump will come there and be like, you know who's a real piece of shit? Joe Manchin. <laughs> and Joe Manchin's like, man, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's he just like, tells it like it is. <laughs> maybe they, I'm thinking that's Joe Manchin's kink. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's being humiliated in public by men in power. There's, there's no other excuse. <laughs> there's no other way. <laughs> Real Democrat. It's gonna kill me. It's gonna kill me. I think another... Another challenge is that a lot of the candidates, I mean, a, a, a large number of the candidates running have basically stolen Bernie's platform. I mean, they, they're basically. <laughs> yeah. oh and so, like, Absolutely. in 2016, he had the benefit of being, like, very, this very stark contrast between his platform and Hillary's. But now you have all these candidates that are basically imitating him and saying, oh, I support Medicare for all. I support all the things that Bernie supports. Uh, and so I'm it's basically like, Bernie Sanders and, himself. And, you know, and obviously, like, us as, like, you know, um, like, you know, serious Bernie supporters, like, see through that shit. But, like, uh-huh. a lot of voters, some voters might not. They might exactly. say, oh, yeah. well, this person supports that, too. Why should I have a vote for them? Oh, they should, uh, they're younger and they're more, you know. They should listen more. to Hillary Clinton and look at both the uh, public and private position. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you, you you know, you ask Kamala on a stage on CNN if yeah. she supports Medicare for all. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then yeah. you ask your sta- of staffers yeah. in the private, and it's like, well, we'll be open to other things, too. Yeah. So I think that's, that's going to be a very distinct yeah. thing with. Uh, We're open to whatever our donors say. Yeah. This for the rap game, you know, we call that biting. You know, you're, you're biting, you're biting, you're biting the style, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. I love, I love child care. I love children too, sorta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's always, there's like, there's always some, there's always some fine prints with anything that uh, centrists propose because Bernie will just be like, yeah, yeah, um, tuition ter- ter- free college. But then you ask the same question. Then there's like, there's so many details. Right, they're and like, I support that for the yeah. mm, some people, if, not the poor people. If you were not the black people, <laughs> not anybody <laughs> that you know actually would benefit from it. If but. you fall between seventy thousand and eighty thousand dollars a year in annual income, that's what that's what we're gonna focus on. <laughs> only, yeah. only that. It's gonna be very targeted. I recently heard, heard someone make the joke that. Uh, Democrats are going to start pushing this radical new plan to give Medicare for all for everyone uh, 65 or older. Uh, Incrementalism, Ben, 64. 64. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
2,100, we can be, we can get the, get it down to 60. By we can do it. I believe in us. <laughs> There'll be a lot less old people by then anyway. <laughs> just, just getting back to what Ross was saying. You know, since Bernie announced, I have uh, been watching uh, lots of liberal media outlets. Uh, react to what's going on you know like npr msnbc uh vox just to see what they're talking about you know because i'm curious <laughs> and all of them all of them all of them are using the same this this the same talking point which is that oh i don't know like it seems like sanders might be a victim of his own success you know, because because he he was so successful in pushing uh, or at least widening the Overton window to the left, and now all of these candidates are adopting the same policies, and you know, like he might suffer from that. But like like Ross was saying, I mean, Bernie is the only candidate who has a decades long record career of you know principled consistency, showing that he actually does give a shit about these things and he wants them, he wants to see them implemented. Whereas you have lots of candidates who are only signing on to these things within like the last year or so because they became popular. Yeah, well, yeah. as Zach was saying earlier, like at the end of the day, that's on Bernie. Bernie needs to go out and fucking push everybody to the left. He needs to put out platform positions and like prove that he is for more left-leaning policies. He needs to fight for that. And if he's not going to do that, like we're going to we're probably going to suffer from that. I think that we have a huge grassroots army that's going to be very positive on that front, but I think at the end of the day, like Bernie's going to need to step up his game this yeah. time around. And I think that the fact that he didn't bring back Weaver, thanks the baby Jesus, um, is going to help us. Um, I think that the fresh faces that he's going to bring in on his staff is going to be helpful. And hopefully them as his advisors will be pushing him on that. Yeah, actually, that's that's the next thing that I wanted us to get to. You know, um, it's it's been really interesting and you know, exciting to see uh, the people that he's brought on to his new campaign staff. And I just want to go through these real quick. And I... Jesus, I'm going to butcher uh, some of these names. I'm really sorry. Uh, the campaign manager that he's hired is Faiz uh, Shakir. Uh, he is uh, he was the political director of the ACLU, and uh, he is the first Muslim presidential campaign manager in history, which is pretty which is pretty impressive, pretty fantastic. Uh, his political director is Analia Maya. Uh, or she was a she, she's an organizer of Colombian and Dominican descent. Uh, she most recently directed the fight for 15 and earned sick days campaigns in uh, New Jersey. Uh, he's also got uh, Sarah Badawi uh, a as the deputy political director. Uh, most recently, the government affairs director for Progressive Change Campaign Committee, and then his co-chairs, which he has so far, is pretty pretty awesome. Ro Khanna, uh, the congressman Fuck from yeah. California 17. Would that take one day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you excited, bro? You excited? Yeah. Uh, he's got um, Carmen Julian Cruz, the mayor of San Juan. Yeah. Uh, he's got Nina Turner, President of our revolution, Fuck. and God, I love her so much. Please be me. And uh, he's got Ben Cohen, co-founder of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. I love Ben, dude. Yeah, ben he's, he's super shit. cool. Dude, remember when we 
somewhere in California and everybody was like, Rosario Dawson, oh my god. And like Ben Cohen sitting over there like, like by himself eating <laughs> just, his own ice cream. Like eating his own ice cream. He's just sitting on a cooler all alone. I was like, what a what a power so move! <laughs> I made this. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. He's so great. But the real co-chair that I am waiting for is Killer Mike. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that he's already endorsed, but oh, that yeah. would be so badass to have him as a co-chair. Mm. Like, <laughs> fuck yes. How many rappers do you have as co-chairs of President Scream Pants? Actually, I think we should, have two. We should just bring in, <laughs> we, should, we should just bring in Run the Drools and fuck yeah. Please. So wait, we won't be on the sidelines anymore. Yeah. <laughs> fuck what you rap with. Who produced you? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I looked into uh, Faiz Shakir a little bit, just out of curiosity, was, you know, a little bit more on his background. And he he has an interesting past because he actually worked for like establishment dumps in the past. He worked, yeah. worked for Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi. Um, but but he sort of I think he was you know despite working for them, kind of shifted towards towards a more um, progressive approach because he helped out. Um, Bernie in 2016, despite being uh, scolded by John Podesta. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, <laughs> and Neil Tandon. Just call him a fucker. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're getting called a fucker by Neil Tandon, you're cool in my book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it sounds like he's got a lot of good like institutional knowledge, but at the same time, as you know, has become more of a progressive. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, he's going to have to do a really good job. I'm expecting a lot out of him, but. Uh, uh, it's yeah, he's, he's got, and I think he also I, I read something about him, you know, trying to implement some pretty radical stuff uh, programs at ACLU that not everyone was on board with there. Um, so he's been, I think, you know, he's been he's demonstrated that he's willing to put, you know push the needle on some stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited for see what he's yeah, going to do. I was really, really proud to see him uh, start a campaign um, to fight against the uh, anti BDS bill. Uh, yeah, which is mm. like just a huge infringement on uh, free speech rights, and you know, like I mean, as we've seen from apartheid in South Africa, um, BDS, you know, boycotts, divestment sanctions has real implications and can make real change. So yeah, it's uh, a, to try to stranglehold that is just yeah, it's a flagrant just First Amendment just violation that a, a lot of Democrats have just signed on for. So, it, you know, we see, and also um, it's, it's another point that just needs to be taken this entire uh, presidential campaign is just the plight of the Palestinian people right now and uh, the way that their pain is just being silenced and erased and that, uh, you know, um, resistance from, uh, regardless of race, is just being um, completely silenced, you know, it's not... To, to paint APAC as, you know we, you know, we talked about this a little bit last episode, but to paint them as the representative of all Jewish people when there's plenty of um, just uh, opposition to the uh, the apartheid regime that Israel is, uh, is running right now um, for Jewish people, for Americans, for black Americans, the, the solidarity. We need to be able to show solidarity uh, with the Palestinian people throughout this uh, campaign. And that's, that's something that... Um, uh, that a presidential, any presidential candidate that uh, you know I plan on voting for, um, you know, has to come out strong for. So we need to always keep that. In I mind. think it's I think it's pretty incredible that um, potentially our first Jewish president has, has a Muslim campaign manager. I think that's that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's Actually, if you look at that entire list, 
of people he's announced so far, there is one straight white man. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if Ben Collins straight, but. <laughs> Maybe him and Ben and Jerry got something going on. One old white man. <laughs> no, that was my dream, dude. <laughs> my fantasy was too. Bernie, or Bernie, not Bernie, but Ben and Jerry being like this beautiful couple that just like created all this love. Yeah. My sexuality is ice cream. Specifically, <laughs> specifically Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I need to like. I need to like stop this self-loathing and just admit it. It's just, it's just ice cream. It's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, Ben and Jerry's fault. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to get a lot of voters if there's just ice cream in every admit. I think that will. Seriously. We'll, Seriously. We'll have like a Reagan 1980. We're like, in California. Like, We're like walking victory. up and down the street just telling random strangers that mm-hmm. there's Ben and Jerry's ice cream for free up the street, and they're yeah. like. Don't. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna say no to that? We had these people. They were like selling cell phones on a corner. They like just closed up shop and like went up there and like got some ice cream because they're like, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's yet. like, but who's running? Oh, Satan! Oh, whatever. Yeah, got my vote. He's got my vote. Yeah, absolutely. You got fucking Rosario Dawson running out into the middle of traffic. Oh my god! Handing, handing drivers ice cream and saying, "Vote for Bernie Sanders." You know, those, those people in the car were probably like, "I don't know who Bernie Sanders is, but good luck." Like, <laughs> what's gonna happen this time now that she's dating Cory Booker? I mean, he's gonna obviously fail. He's like, is, is she him. actually dating him? I think it's just yeah. official. I don't know. I, I heard it was just a rumor. Oh, yeah, really? I heard it was a rumor, but I didn't uh, hear. Uh, oh, Rosario. waiting on that dust. Maybe she's just, just like distracting oh. distracting Cory Booker. She has like a plant from the burning. <laughs> oh, shit. Because Cory's been single for a long time. She's like, do we need to Get it, girl. Get it. Uh, yeah. so, what mean, you gotta do? Stranger things have happened. She she yeah. did date Eric Andre. <laughs> yeah, she's got kind of bizarre uh, dating history. So, so the, the the real sleeper cell is uh, Danny DeVito. When do they unleash yeah. that? Oh, oh. <laughs> he's gonna be like, he's got like you know, there's a lot of women candidates. You know, so. <laughs> no, no one oh can no one can resist the sexuality of Danny DeVito. So. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets that little box yeah. and he steps on it yeah. so he can be tall enough to speak into the microphone. We really should have a show on Rosario Dawson's uh, dating history. Eric Andre and Cory Booker. What? It's just <laughs> She's an enigma. <laughs> I do not get it. But uh, speaking of Cory Booker, I just can, can we just drag some of his other candidates just for a second? All right. Let's, so, let's take a minute to drag some other candidates. Let's open up the burn book. Yeah. Let's, let's open up the burn book. Okay. Cory Booker. Cory DeVos Booker. Cory DeVos. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. uh, Cory DeVos Booker. Do you know they're related? I'm no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was, I was completely prepared. I was completely prepared to be like, you know what? That makes I get sense. It. That, actually, that makes a lot of sense. All of a sudden, yeah. everything falls into place. <laughs> no, but Cory Booker making up a story about knowing a drug dealer, you know. Oh, oh my God. T Bone. Grew up on the streets. Yeah. Grew up on the streets. And used T Bone 
multiple times thinking no one was going to, like, call him out of the eventually. You know, like... Can you use T-Bone? Like, really? <laughs> that's so stereotypical. Yeah, you know what that is? That's what a white person thinks a black drug dealer's name is. <laughs> That's what that is. His actual name's Chris. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Corey, like, I sold you, like, a dime bag of weed 13 years ago, and you freaked out, and <laughs> why, why, why you gotta drag my name through the mud? <laughs> but, but really, like, him, him growing up on the streets, Corey Booker, dead of all. To me, uh, Cory Booker is just like the Democratic Jeb Bush. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's one of the goofier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what, that's what, how everyone feels about Jeb. Aww. Aww. Like, that's legitimately how I feel. How, how much money are we betting that he's going to have his own please clap moment? Oh my god. <laughs> Was the T-Bone story not it? Oh, okay. I guess oh in public, god. yeah, on video. We got Cory Booker with T-Bone. We got, uh, uh, Kamala with uh, her uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris uh, oh, was apparently a minute. Has Snoop made a statement yet? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was giving her my mixtapes back in the day. <laughs> yes. A little known secret. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And I, and I love the defenses against uh, Kamala Harris. Those who don't know, went on the Breakfast Club and admitted to you know listening to Tupac uh, smoking weed uh, while she was smoking weed before they had released before he had released any music. Him or Snoop had released any. Well, like 15 I mean, years he, old. Yeah. He's still alive, you know. Yeah. He's still yeah. releasing music, so yeah. maybe he had like some secret releases. People have made that argument. Well, yeah, that, that has been the popular oh, defense is that oh uh, you know maybe she was listening to uh, you know underground mixtapes. Oh yeah. <laughs> She was like, oh, yeah, she, she, seems like a, yeah, she was in that crowd. Like, even, like, literally still years, like, at least like a year or two before either of them had even re- started recording music. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she just, some people got connections, some don't. We, we shouldn't hate her for that. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm not even mad about it. I just think it's freaking hilarious. I know. And, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really surprised at the reactions that people yeah. are having. It's been fun so watching the libs just lose yeah. their shit. Why are you hating on her? You're Russian bots. Yeah. And the, the other, no, man, this is really fucking funny. Yeah, it's exactly. so funny. It's, it's objectively funny. And the, the, <laughs> the counter-argument that they've been using is that she just got her timelines mixed up. She was probably listening, uh, smoking weed, listening to Tupac, you know, sometime after they released music. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. So... She was smoking weed while locking people up for smoking weed. Oh, is that what you, is that your argument? That she was smoking- <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant. Uh, 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 this is like actually, Ralph Northam's. Like, which yeah. which is worse, blackface or KKK? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. This is terrible. Awful. It wasn't. It wasn't me in that picture dressed in blackface. I did that a different day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> remember, Vo- remember, vote blue no matter who. All right, because no matter who is yeah. underneath the hood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia Democrats new slogan. <laughs> All right, someone tweet that. We're running. Okay, all right, all right. That was perfect. 
if you're not on Twitter yet, Ross, we just know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like by now it's, it's a little it's a little dated. It's a little too sweet that. In the Civil War era, Civil War era, baby. Hey, he's still in office. Uh, it's never too late to drag him. Yeah. He's still alive. Let's yeah. keep this going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, dra- the dragons of Northam will continue until morale improves. Okay. <laughs> okay. Until racism is extinguished or he dies. Yeah. Actually, after he dies. Too. <laughs> yeah. We better put this in the history books. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're only going to roast Northam until he dies. Where's your commitment? <laughs> oh my god, I can't okay. Alright, but also, um, uh, moving on, another. Yeah, I, um, I feel like you had other candidates. Yeah, another, another presidential uh, candidate. Uh, is it Kirsten or Kirsten Gillibrand? Kirsten Gillibrand. Kirsten Gillibrand. Okay. I don't know. The fact Kirsten, that nobody Kirsten. knows how to say her name means that she needs to go. The I comes before the R. Alright. Gillibrand. Uh, this is recently announced. Gillibrand or Gillibrand? I don't know. <laughs> Gillibrand. Kirsten. She needs to Kirsten go. Kirsten Gillibrand. Just step down. This girl. is the whitest of white yeah. names. <laughs> is, it a, is it a gif of Gillibrand or is it a gif of Gillibrand? I don't know. I think that every time I say her name. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is what goes through my brain. Okay. Gillibrand slash Gillibrand. She recently announced that she was having a, uh, a, a fundraiser hosted by. Is it Fitzer P? Yeah, which is one of the most awful corporations to ever be associated with. (laughs) So my question is, is like when Cory Booker saw that, was he like, man, I'm glad she did it first. I was like, damn, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) That's a very good question. (laughs) Is he like jealous or is he glad that somebody else got him out of that like yeah i think it's i think it's the latter i think it's damn i wish i would have i wish i would have thought of that because (laughs) you know it's you need some sort of self-awareness in order to feel bad about supporting pfizer so yeah yeah that's true (laughs) and i just you know i haven't i haven't seen it uh thus far uh but yeah awful okay pfizer wall street yeah again you know looking in like reading the room and just like coming to the complete the complete wrong conclusion. Okay, uh, moving on to uh, Amy Klobuchar. Okay, uh, <laughs> who... wait, Justin. Amy Klobuchar reportedly <laughs> screamed at an aide and then ate her salad with a comb. <laughs> <laughs> that literally yeah. just popped up on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those, so those are not those who do not have their the notifications from CNN turned on. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you, but <laughs> the story apparently is that uh, Klobuchar, who's had numerous incidents of uh, um, apparently being, you know, verbally abusive to her employees. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Why are you so sexy? She's just a really tough boss and a woman. Appar- apparently um, sent one of her aides to go get a salad in an airport, okay? So the aide gets the salad, okay? But um, apparently he drops, he's bringing the salad to her on the plane and he drops it, the silverware, you know, you know, basically they don't don't have silverware on the airplane. So (laughs) Klobuchar (laughs) (laughs) apparently was furious that the plane did not have silverware either and then ate her salad with the comb and then demanded that her aide clean the comb. 
<laughs> Which is like, you know, the devil wears pride like meets pride. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I clean my Greek dressing comb. Oh my Jesus. Was it was it clarified whose comb it was? Was it hers? I, I hope it was her comb. You know what? Oh I my think god, it was it was Joe Biden's. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Like this is this is some shit that would like happen on. He's deep. like, here, I use this for me. Like this is like this is some like Julia Louise Dreyfus level shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. my God! What is this country? Yeah, and <gasps> in addition to that, Amy Klobuchar, uh, when she was on anyone who's watched the CNN town hall, Ooh, that uh, was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, that was it. that was a train wreck. Um, basically, a student gets up, asks the question. He says, "Do you support uh, free college tuition for all?" You know, clearly referencing Bernie's very popular plan from 2016. So he asked that question, and he says, "Can you please preface?" your answer with a yes or no. So she she immediately launches into maybe a five minute we, there needs to be refinancing and it needs to be more affordable and it needs to there needs to be this and that and the most just you know she launches into the wonkiest just So the answer was yes, right? <laughs> 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 Spoiler alert! <laughs> no, but and she 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 goes through all of that and doesn't really answer the question at all. And she goes to sit down. And credit to Don Lemon, you know, for saying, you know what, um, answer great, but I believe he did say pre- preface the question with a yes or no. Do you support? Free college tuition for all, and she was like, "Oh no!" and sat back down. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is hilarious because, like, it, it's funny because, like, you watch Bernie Sanders' ad and it's like tuition free college in twenty states, yeah. and she's like, "Not possible. We can't do it." And it's like our reality <laughs> is impossible. Like, He's already doing it. Fuck you. I, I'm also, confused. why are we still in Michigan? <laughs> what God, are we doing? Damn it! Why don't we have tuition free college here yet? <laughs> Come on, Gretchen. All right, we're on it. Right. She did say something about two years. No. All right, we got we got legalized weed here in 2016. So we handed associates, which is basically equivalent. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. Right? <laughs> we're lasting. We're working on it. All right, <laughs> trust. We gotta fix the damn roads first. Yeah, <laughs> and the damn weather. And the damn weather. <laughs> that was awful. God, we need somebody funnier. <laughs> what, Bernie, governor? step up your game. <laughs> Although I will say that Bernie's response to the um, Howard Schultz question that was my favorite. On the um, on his announcement on CBS, what was second announcement? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they asked about Howard Schultz, and you want to give a little recap on how that went. You should probably mimic Bernie and just give us exactly how Bernie gave it to us. I don't remember the exact phrase. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, he just completely dismisses it and just like trashes on the CBS host for like even giving any credence to Howard Schultz. Like, why are you talk about him? about him? Oh, that's right, because he's a billionaire. Like, what the fuck are we talking about a billion for? for? Like, it's awful coffee. Right? Yeah, awful. This is awful. All right, like we're we're in Lansing right now, and we have this place called Big B that's like everywhere around here. And it's much superior. All right, so no, no, no. One in Michigan Ave sucks. All right, are you counter revolutionary? Uh, there, I mean, there's 
a million different countries. You're trying to like Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Support Big Beer, you're liking Trump. Basically. <laughs> no, but please don't, don't ever buy Starbucks. Not just because not just because of uh, our Schultz, but because the coffee is off awful. <laughs> <laughs> they used right. to have a good smoothie once, but that was like 10 years ago, and I haven't been there since. Well, I went there one time to see if they still had it, and they Starbucks don't. Starbucks is so the company of the bourgeoisie. Yeah. 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 Who, who would have thought the company that sells $7 coffees? Uh, you know. <laughs> Somebody bought it for He doesn't want to be taxed more? What? Has a, has a shitty CEO. Has anyone ever actually bought coffee at Starbucks? I like don't think I've ever even bought anything. Anything I've bought. Somebody there, bought it for me, sure. I think. I go there for dessert, basically. The dessert. Yeah, I'm just here for dessert. Like, give me a white mocha. Just give me a syrup. Just, <laughs> just, just fucking just. Oh. Can I have the, the leftover yeah, syrup, please? Screw the lid from the syrup. And don't we uh, we need to get this train back in the rails. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that taking that shot at the beginning of the show was dangerous. <laughs> you know, I'm passionate about my coffees, man. <laughs> well, you know, get, getting back to the topic at hand and um, one that I think is going to be fun for a lot of us uh, who are I, I want to know from you guys who who do you, realistically who do you think uh, Bernie might pick as his VP if he wins the nomination um, and not just that but um, who who would be your favorite pick well, I think we've gotten, not, they might not be the same thing. I think we've gotten some hint as to what that'll be, only because like uh, he's given two interviews where he's mentioned that he'll be a, uh, looking at somebody who's uh, both younger and female. Yeah, so, but he also said in that TYT interview that he's looking for somebody that's going to be able to carry the progressive mantle. So I feel like we just lost Kamala, and we just lost like basically most of the people running for president right now. Maybe. I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren's still in the running, honestly. Elizabeth yeah. Warren might be still in the running, yeah. That's but I think that there was a lot of people that were talking about Harris being a VP pick of his, and I was like, I don't, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think I don't think it would be you know, Tulsi or Nina Turner, despite like, what, what like, I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, people, friends in the movement, you know, believe that Nina Turner... You know, I love Nina Turner. She's one of one of my favorite people in politics working today. But again, she's you know she was a, a state senator you know yeah. a while yeah. ago. Has that has that ever happened? But to Somebody be fair, from, you know, right now we have Donald fucking Trump as president, so yeah, anything you know, can happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, she does have more political experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, or my, Reagan. So yeah, like my favorite choice would yeah, probably be uh, be Nina Turner. Um, but especially, you know, if she's from a swing state also, you know, putting both, you know, mixing policy and politics just for a bit. But I think the likely choice would be Warren. I do not think it would be Tulsa. I just, you know, I don't think that, I just don't see that happening. Well, I, like, no. one of the things that I think about in terms of picking I think that he needs a... to know that there's problems with Tulsi, and he needs to acknowledge that because... That's. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I hope that she when when she drops out because she's gonna drop out when she drops oh, yeah. out. That like you know she tells her supporters to vote for Bernie. But at the same time, it's kind of like I don't know. Am I allowed to say this? I think I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Well, now I have to. Hear it. Okay, you might need to edit this out. But 
I feel like a lot of the people that were problematic in the Bernie movement in 2016 are now on the Tulsi bandwagon. Like a lot of the people that didn't understand race issues, that didn't understand like a lot of the things. Absolutely. We're throwing out hot takes here. (laughs) I mean, I honestly think that a lot of those people that are just like, oh, we don't care. It doesn't matter. Like being a woman or being a person of color doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it does fucking matter. It just matters in a different way than you're making it seem. And the fact that they can't understand at all any of these issues and completely disregard like people of color in general. Like she's been endorsed by the fucking goofy wizard or whatever. David <laughs> Duke. <laughs> yeah. I try not to yeah. take much stock in him. So, um, yeah, but like yeah. at that point, like. Voted against. Voted I kind against of. Letting her I hope that. she stays yeah. in long enough to get to at least Iowa, so we can organize without the problematic people. To be honest, like those people are the kind of like too crazy. Like I'm a little crazy. I'm gonna be honest with you. I love Bernie, and like I would sacrifice my life for this movement. Maybe not for Bernie, but for the movement. But when it comes down to it, like these people that are like, oh. Bernie is a sellout because he endorsed Hillary Clinton, so we wouldn't get a fucking psychopath in office. Like, those people need to sit the fuck down. Stop acting like my 11-year-old daughter and grow the fuck up. Is that reality of the situation? It's, it's, like, it's like the phrase, like, I don't agree with it, but I understand. It's just like, Absent from any type of uh, any type of discourse, you know, it's the yeah. you know the complete you know you're you're not with me or against me sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and they can't have conversations with normal people. Like I'm terrified to see what those people are like on the doors. Like, hey, how's it going? Will you support Tulsi Gabbard? Oh, you won't. You're a piece of shit. Like those are the people that I'm talking about. That's scary as fuck. Like I don't want those people representing me or the movement yeah. or the people that I'm trying exactly. to get in office. Like that's scary as fuck. I don't want people to think that's who we're trying to elect. We're trying to elect somebody that actually gives a fuck about the people and all the people, not just white folk. Yeah. And I know the Tulsi is a woman of color, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of white supremacists that are really up her butt. So. Yep. So Kelly doesn't like uh, Tulsi for VP. <laughs> Or, or goofy wizards. <laughs> I think, like when you look at VP, there's a lot of like, um, like uh, practical things that you have to look at. Like, uh, you had mentioned it, kind of highlighting with uh, Nina Turner, but uh, you know, uh, geography. Like, yeah. wh- where does this person come from? Yeah, like you had mentioned, like Harris. You know, like. Like, as a Democrat, do you really need to pick up more votes in California with the Electoral College the way that it is? Exactly. Like, but no, you really don't. with Nina, I mean, I know that it's a little more far-fetched just because of her experience, but with Nina, she has run a nationwide, well, I would say international organization with Our Revolution. Um, it's still picking up off the ground. I wouldn't say Our Revolution is the best organization ever, but since she t- has taken over... They actually started listening to the people on the ground. Shocking. Um, and she, she's just a good person. She's the yeah. right person. I would vote for her for president, and we don't even need a VP. Like, I love Nina Turner. And she's from Ohio, though. Yeah. And if we can pick up Ohio. That's what I'm saying. Well, if we're, if we're talking about uh, uh, strategic moves, uh, you know, ge- ge- geographically in picking the, picking the VP, 
Um, a lot I'm of people. A Sam. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Brown, maybe? I mean, a, a lot of people. Uh, I think two white guys. A lot of people. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have pointed out that Sanders might suffer. <laughs> I knew it was a bad idea for us to say. So, in terms of swing states, right? Like a lot of people have pointed out that Sanders might suffer in Florida because uh, there is a lot of there. There are a lot of Venezuelan people who live there, and uh, a lot of them are unhappy with Sanders' refusal to uh, outright condemn uh, Nicolas Maduro and endorse the uh, endorse uh, Juan Guaido as the legitimate president of mm-hmm. Venezuela. Um, so, I mean, if he's looking for if he's looking for to pick up more support in an, in a swing state, uh, do you think he might go for someone from Florida, like maybe someone like? Um, Get the Washington shots. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Yeah. yeah, I think Andrew Gillum and Stacey oh, Abrams. Andrew Gillum, I love him, but also Stacey Abrams. That's a good. I, I don't think that she. Georgia, Georgia is more of a sweet state too. Love, but like. Stacey Abrams. That she's, can pick up some she's gonna be. Yeah. She's gonna be a powerhouse. We don't have to win the state. We just have to win enough. Well, I mean, I think it's women, but the fact that she got so close to the governor's race so in a non-presidential more votes year than any Democrat has ever had. Yeah. So I mean, that's there's in you know honestly um, you look at the uh, campaign manager he does have a history he used to be vice president of uh, the Center for American Progress um, and. You know, uh, Stacey Abrams actually just started um, coordinating there as well. So oh, wow. there could be a connection there in terms of like, you know, I, I know one of the reasons Nira Tandon called um, campaign manager of Bernie Sanders a fucker is because, you know, he was often fighting against her, trying to push it more left um, than she would have liked. And so you may see Stacey Abrams make an alliance um, both with him and Bernie Sanders and help push both CPAC left in exchange for you know, a vice president um, nomination. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. And also, but um, if we're just talking about just the some of the two most high-profile races, of course, in Gillum and Abrams, I would prefer Abrams, you know, even though she's not from a swing state. But I think that... I think Georgia can be a swing so state. Do I, so do I. I think that uh, the Democratic just national committee has completely written off the entire South, yeah. which is a problem um, for so many reasons, not just politically, but also with the racial politics. You're just completely ignoring, you know, the place where so much of this, you know, Confederate racist mayhem, you know, things like Charlottesville, uh-huh. you know, are going on. But as you can see that the, the South can organize with, with the best of them. So to um, completely write off, you know, states like, uh, like Texas, you know, like Georgia, mm-hmm. um, some some of these states that have you know high you know high black populations, but are still solidly Republican. A lot of that is disenfranchisement, but we have to fight, we have to use our funds to fight against that. You know, not you know not just pouring money into TV ads, but pouring money into get out the vote movements. You know, pouring mm-hmm. money into water registration drives, getting people to the polls, getting people educating them about their about their uh, registrations, being able to um, get people to check their registrations, make sure that everything is right on election day. Because and Stacey Abrams 
of anybody has been battling be that like hardest. Yeah, so like that is her is issue. Her like, like George, she is <laughs> an organizer extraordinaire. So exactly, that would be awesome. You know? That would be amazing. I think that would be really great. I enjoy um, Gillum's personality. I think that he's, he's so and funny, yeah. and I think that that could really rile people up. Um, but I think that Stacey Abrams would be a better choice. Like, I think she would be the best choice outside of... I mean, I... Near and dear to my heart. Based on what I'm <laughs> gathering, like, Bernie needs to choose somebody. I mean, honestly, like, I don't even want to say a person of color. He needs to choose a black person as his VP. Like, <laughs> we, like... And, you know, like, I want somebody leftist, too, because, like, like you were hinting towards... I have a black woman <laughs> strategically, but also because, like... It's over. Those, like, let's be honest, black women win elections. Like, at the end of the day, those are the women, those are the people that actually do the fucking work. They are the backbone of our democracy. So at the end of the day, like, we need to make sure that the people that do the work, that actually fight for us, are the ones that, like, are actually represented in our government, too. And... Like, to be fair, like, yeah, Bernie's old as fuck. Like, he could die. And, like, I think that that's a reality that we all need to come to terms with. He's healthy yeah. as fuck right now, and that's great. But, like, if he does die, I want, like, a badass VP. And, like, I think Stacey Abrams could be that. Make it so. <laughs> yeah. Well, throwing... I mean, Nina Turner first. But Stacey Abrams, same. <laughs> throwing strategy out the window, uh, who, who would you like to see as a VP the most? Um... I, I think it would be really cool to see uh, Cornell West. <laughs> oh, oh, we go, we going crazy. Yeah, I have to, mostly, mostly, mostly because it would just it would make uh, it would make establishments and moderate Dems just absolutely livid. Uh, because he he campaigned for Jill Stein in 2016. He's a Russian. He's a Russian. <laughs> a black Russian? Yeah. I love that drink. <laughs> oh my god, I'm choking. But um, I, I think I've talked to my I've talked to myself into uh, into Stacey Abrams even through this conversation. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're you're saying Cor you're saying like Cornel you're saying Cornel West, you know. Um, how about Cardi B then? If we're yeah. gonna, <laughs> you know, like, more political experience than Trump. <laughs> like legitimately, there were no rules. Like yeah, there are no rules. <laughs> I would still want AOC, dude. Like she's fucking awesome, dude. You guys see her getting mauled by a dog today? It was what? like a mauled oh, by love. Like uh, that dog. Like okay, you have to leave the with dog. That. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm about to call my mother. I was gonna have, a, gonna have a, a, an emotional breakdown. She's just sitting like on the street, like on a phone call or something, and one of her constituents is just walking on by with her dog, and apparently just lets the dog go crazy. It was and a dog giant dog too. It was a really big dog, and just like loves her to death. It was hilarious dogs know. and adorable. Dogs oh know good God. people. It's just this is the way it is. Oh, we need yeah. security. We cannot let this. The slip up happened again. Right, this is precious cargo. This is precious cargo. I honestly couldn't tell who was enjoying it more though, the dog or Amos. She she is an animal lover. I can see it. Like honestly, I feel like AOC I don't understand the 
because she doesn't run as an independent, is that, like, and she's a young woman of color. Like, I don't understand why everyone hates Bernie. Like, all these, like, centrist Dems hate Bernie so much, but they love AOC, who's further left than Bernie. What the fuck? (laughs) For some of them, it's not about... it's not about necessarily the policy. It's branding. Optics. It's branding. branding. Optics. She's better yeah. branded. Yeah, she's, she's you know she's a young woman of color. She could like, just there's a lot it. there that goes. You like know, Bernie's a placeholder Bernie. until she's old enough to run for president. Let's yeah. be honest. When did, she, when did she turn 35? She could run in 2024 technically. After, after Bernie's two terms. No, one term. One. Yeah, she could run in 2024. She could run in 2024. Oh she's yeah, not because going she would turn. She's, yeah, she's she won't. Too. She won't. But uh, but she should if we draft her. Let's it, start the petition now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm collecting signatures. She should be candidate. She she's gonna. I mean, she's gonna want to spend some more time in the house and probably at least like you know a term or two in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, before, assuming before she goes after the White House, if she does, or Senate. I mean, she could the Senate. She could. I mean, oh god. Like I mean, Schumer's <laughs> Schumer. Yeah, like she could. She could knock off. Schumer. She wants You think? I mean, what do you guys think? You think she could knock off Schumer? She could absolutely because Schumer's uh, Schumer's his his base. Oh, you know, god. they're, they're literally they're literally dying. Like, they're, they're they're dying. <laughs> they skew they skew older, and it's just as far as far as the younger pop, especially in New York, in a state like New York. You know, the people that are coming up are much more radical. And you can How see just so the obvious? movement, the movement not only that elected uh, AOC, but also the movement that ejected Amazon the fuck out of Harlem. Elected uh, Julia Salazar, too. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> they were looking for like opponents to AOC, and they're like, what about Julia Salazar? And she's like, I'm a Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, damn. <laughs> She's uh, currently organizing in New York actually right now for sex workers, uh-huh. like hardcore. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, with all these, so Schumer, he's only gonna he. There's no Schumer. However strong he is today, is the strongest that he will be, and then he will get weaker every single day forward from now on because uh-huh. the, the brand of politics is it's dying, and that's that's another reason why. Democrats, their search for the ever elusive moderate centrist vote <laughs> is just going to fall flat. In good space. luck, Amy. Good, yeah, good luck, Amy. <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot luck, of people be like, "We need to appeal to the moderates. We need to appeal to the centrists. We need to appeal to like the center right that might come over to us." It's like, bitch, stop talking about that. I've never had a conversation. I maybe mean, I've had like one conversation with somebody that like, actually thinks they're a centrist and then realizes they're not. But they realize they're. they're either left or right like come on like what are we trying to appeal to like you're either a racist or you're not let's just be honest the the small subset of people that think that poor people should get a raise of the minimum wage but maybe 15 bucks is too much maybe you you shouldn't be able to actually maybe be able to afford a house but not the heat yeah <laughs> the car, but not the insurance. Yes. <laughs> well, we we gotta wrap this up, uh, wrap this episode up here soon. Uh, but before we go, uh, I, I want to hear from you guys in concise terms. How does Bernie Sanders win the primary? What's his What's his strategy from here? Listen, listen to the people. 
listen, take note, and actually do something about it. Like if he, like what he did with uh, Black Lives Matter in 2016, too late, mind you. He needs to do it much earlier and listen faster. Um, but he needs to listen to the people, listen to criticism, and actually respond publicly. And I think that that is going to take him a long way. Uh, I think I'm 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 uh, I'm of the belief that so um, with this many candidates, it's 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 hard not saying this being in like a brokered convention. So there um, there's a very he needs to he needs to build a strong coalition, and that's going to mean like trying to pull people from other camps. That means trying to. Um, I know a lot of people think that he didn't go hard enough in, in 2016 against uh, Hillary Clinton, but I'm of the idea that um, the stay positive politics and stay focused on policy politics is the way. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the, the BLM people that uh, um, gave him like a hard time in 2016. Hire them this time. Fucking put them on your team to advise you. Yeah. Like, they were advising you in 2016 for free. Pay them to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, like, that's how you win. Like, you, you bring in the people that have criticisms of you because they're the people that are going to make you better. They're the people that can give you the truth. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, but you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a, a room full of people that are going to tell you what you want to need. You don't need Jeff Weavers. You did that in 2016. He told you what you wanted to hear, but you need to hear the truth sometimes. Truth. Absolutely. Um, I think he has to uh, rely on his grassroots support um, at the fundraising uh, level and at the end of the field. Um, he's got to um, stay true to himself, which I think, which I think he will do. Um, and he's got to yeah, be able to make the case that, um, you know, he's, been the most consistent on these issues um and um is the best you know is the best candidate to defeat trump and all and also actually work on those issues once he gets in office and i think if he and if he can do that um and and really mobilize the grassroots i think he's i think he's gonna win this thing yeah my opinion um in order, in order to win the primary you need to be able to learn from your mistakes and come out and also apologize and show some sort, you know, some sort of regret for um, things that you may that he may have done in the past. In order to actually get, you know, show an honest, honestly convince people that some of those missteps from 2016 or even earlier um, that he's learned from them, you know, not pandering, but has genuinely learned from them. Uh, so. You know, my my entire uh, mantra in this, you know, uh, this primary season is, you know, no half measures. You know, don't don't half heartedly apologize. You know, don't you know, don't try and um, don't become essentially the thing that you're fighting in 2016. You know, be honest, but you can be honest with your be honest with yourself and be honest with the movement. Then you know, people will follow you because this is a you know this is a lot, a lot of heavy lifting needs to be done. We're going to need the full weight of everyone participating for this movement to be successful. You, you only get that with sincerity. So yeah, well, I think that's a great place to to leave it. Um, episode 20. Thanks, guys. Thank you. 20. Yeah. 20 for 2020. Joe Hardy, Ross yeah. Fisher, 
Zachary Reinhardt and Kelly Carlson. Thanks for being here, guys. Well, thanks again uh, for joining us and tuning in, everyone. Uh, once again, you can find us on Facebook at Michigan Progressive. Uh, you can help support us on Patreon. Uh, at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. And again, we're on iTunes now. So if that's where you get your podcasts, please rate and review us. Um, I'm Benjamin Clone. Till next time. See you guys later. See you later. Bye.